This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Carving It Up Live. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're also on Twitter. I have a very unconventional look for the show today. You may be wondering why I have a block of foam dairy on my head. It's because I lost a bet to a Packer fan who happens to be sitting right in front of me. So my sister's a big Packers fan. She bet that the Packers, who had lost five consecutive games up to this point, would beat the Dallas Cowboys at Lambeau Field. That is exactly what happened by a final score of 31-28 to in OT. We'll talk a lot of other football today. That Vikings-Bills game, game of the year. No question about it. Game of the year. Justin Jefferson, greatest catch I've ever seen. Better than Odell's. Okay, uh, you know, Tom Brady winning his second straight game. Buccaneers finally got their season back on track in Germany. Uh, you know, I'll discuss the Raiders' struggles with Derek Carr. A lot of NFL to discuss. Uh, although we do have a couple of comments here. Uh, my man Barry Grant Jr., uh, he's loving it. He says, sister is foul for this, LOL. Uh, I agree, Barry, and this is wrong. So, let's talk about that game yesterday. And by the way, by the way, folks, I... I, I this isn't just going to be worn for this segment. I have to wear this garbage on my head all week. Monday, Thursday, Friday. Man, this week is going to be miserable. Let's talk Cowboys-Packers. So, like I mentioned earlier, the, the Green Bay Packers beat the Dallas Cowboys by a final score of 31-28 to in Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau Field. It was the first matchup between McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, uh, who apparently, from all the signals we got pregame and, and reports and stuff, seemed like they mended their relationship, which is great. Um, but I saw a lot of things in this game that did not surprise me whatsoever on the part of the Cowboys mostly. And things I saw for the Packers, two in particular, that shocked me. But let's start with the Cowboys because the number one thing being debated right now. Overtime, fourth down and four, should Mike McCarthy have went for it instead of kicking a 50-plus yard field goal to take the lead? Here's my take. It was absolutely and unequivocally the right move to make. Here's why. First of all, from that distance, from around that area of the field was the exact same spot where Mason Crosby badly missed a long field goal himself. 
Because as Mike McCarthy described it at the game, Cowboys won the toss, Packers decided what area of the field they were going. Okay? So wind was not going to be the Cowboys' friend on that drive, or really just the rest of overtime, no, you know, no matter how no matter how long it went. Okay? You got fourth down and four. Aaron Rodgers has torched the Dallas Cowboys defense. And again, the sky is also blue. So why am I not surprised? But you've got Dak Prescott, who's been on a roll. You got CeeDee Lamb, who seems to have woken up. First 100-yard game of the season. Now, by the way, I've got a stat for CeeDee Lamb and the Dallas Cowboys receiving core for a little later in this segment. Your running game has been excellent. Didn't convert. But here's the issue that I have. If you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, as Mike McCarthy himself said after the game, we by second down, he knew he was going to go for it. Fine. Cool. Glad you made up your mind beforehand. You weren't indecisive as you tend to be. But you got a third down and four. Why not just run the ball with Tony Pollard? Tony Pollard ran for 100 yards. By the way, Malik Davis back up running back. He looked good. Malik Davis ran the ball very effectively. Could have run with either of those guys. And at, at bare minimum, made it a fourth and two, a fourth and one. Dallas Cowboys were great on fourth down yesterday. But no. You decided to pass it. By the way, missed pass interference calling Jair Alexander. I'm not going to be too over the top about it. It wasn't. Wasn't as blatant as I've seen some missed pass interference calls. Not going to offend any Saints fans here, but it was pass interference. But here's what I'm I'm talking about right here. I'll tell you what shocked me about the Green Bay Packers. Two people, and as a matter of fact, the two people I've been most critical of. First, Matt Lafleur. Green Bay strength is I've been beating this table for weeks. Their strength. Offensive line and running the football with Aaron Jones and with A.J. Dillon. Finally, they committed to it. Aaron Jones was spectacular yesterday. A.J. Dillon was very effective in the run game. Thunder and lightning, as I always call them. They were great. Offensive line did a great job. We know Dallas Cowboys uh, defense. What is their weakness? Stopping the run. Finally, Matt LaFleur (laughs) himself woke up. So you know what? This is a must-win game for us. We lose. Our goose is cooked. Our season is over. We're three and seven, lost six straight games, and it's a wrap. But no, stuck with what is their bread and butter offensively. Aaron Rodgers, credit to him, was magnificent working off of the run. And Christian Watson, it's funny, man. NFL's a funny league. NFL's a very funny league. Christian Watson coming into this game 10 catches for 88 yards, no touchdowns. Yesterday, four catches, a buck oh seven, three tuds. And I have to give Aaron Rodgers a ton of credit for something that he did that he almost never does. I don't know if it was because he was facing the Cowboys or facing his old coach. I don't know what it was. But what happened the first two times Aaron Rodgers threw Christian Watson the ball? Christian Watson does what Christian Watson always does, dropped it. He rolled his eyes. He exhaled, but he did not ghost him. He kept going back to him over and over and over, build his confidence. And by fourth quarter, you see Christian Watson scoring his third and final touchdown and doing the one, two, three, almost like you're uh, doing his best Steph Curry impression. Show the crowd, hey, I had to score three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers stuck with his guy, missing Romeo Dobbs, missing Randall Cobb. Robert Tunney, the tight end, only had one catch, which surprised me a little bit. 
But the Packers won with what their strength is offensively. Running the football. Speaking of which, on the Cowboys defense, um, where was Micah Parsons? I didn't see him. Where was where was number 11? And I know a, a lot of uh, Cowboys fans are saying, well, why doesn't Dan Quinn line him up on the, the defensive line? I'll tell you exactly why he doesn't. Because Micah Parsons, according to Pro Football Focus, is ranked as one of the worst players in the NFL in stopping the run. He is great getting to the quarterback. But once you knew early that they were going to stick with the run game, you know, be, make that their bread and butter, they put Micah Parsons at the outside linebacker spot. And he was gashed all day. Micah Parsons did not play well. He, matter of fact, Demarcus Lawrence and Leighton Vanderish, I, th- I thought played Lawrence especially played great games for that Cowboys defense. The injury to Anthony Brown hurt with Kelvin Joseph coming in, getting cooked by guys like Lazard or or Watson. It killed Dallas. And a lot of folks today are blaming Dak Prescott. Then again, the sky is blue. The two interceptions that everybody and their grandmama's talking about. Both were on CD Lamb, especially the first one. First one, which by the way, Dallas scores there. That game's probably over. It'd have been 14-0. Packers are playing uphill from there, losing five straight games. It probably would have been over from there. But no. Third and goal. Dak knows where CD's supposed to be. And CD, as he's been prone to do this season, was scared of the contact. And he stopped his route, and it got picked off. Happened against the Philadelphia Eagles. Remember, Cooper Rush took a big hit, threw it down the field of CeeDee Lamb, underthrown because he got hit so hard, and CeeDee didn't fight for the ball, intercepted. A couple weeks ago against Chicago Bears, Dak throws a pass over the middle where CeeDee's supposed to be. CeeDee doesn't want the, CeeDee doesn't want the contact. Picked off by Adore, not, not Adore Jackson, who's a, um, Eddie Jackson from Alabama. Happened twice on back-to-back drives. Nevertheless, Dak rebounded. Led not one, not two, but three consecutive scoring drives. Got a lot of help from Tony Pollard. Tony, listen, I don't know what Tony Pollard needs to do at this point to prove he's the number one running back in Dallas. I love Zeke. Love his, his the way he has grown as, as a leader, as a man, since he became a Dallas Cowboy. He is clearly the number two back in Dallas. It's Tony Pollard's job to lose, in my opinion. I, I don't know what more he needs to show Mike McCarthy and particularly Jerry Jones, to be completely honest with you. If the Cowboys are supposed to be one of the best defense, if if not the best defense in the NFL, you can't hold a 14-point lead against a Packers offense that, folks, is garbage. Last, or I'm sorry, bottom five in the NFL in second half scoring against what was the worst defense in football last week, the Detroit Lions. Scored nine points. They got more than that. Just in the fourth quarter alone. Where are you, Micah Parsons? Trayvon Diggs? Need you to make a play. Your quarterback, who everybody's bashing today, spotted you 14. This is what you did in the Cooper Rush win streak. Remember, Cooper Rush was winning all those games. Everybody's saying he's the second coming of Brady, for crying out loud. Well, you build a double-digit lead, it's over. Cowboys defense was going to stop you. Not against Green Bay. I don't know if it's the bad juju. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the simple fact that Aaron Rodgers is the Cowboys' number. Speaking of, uh, I was criticizing CeeDee Lamb. Everybody, and listen, CeeDee's stat line looks great. 
Hey, it looks great. Yeah, look at CeeDee Lamb's stat line, right? He's got, a, a, what, what is it, 11 catches for a buck, 52 touchdowns. Stat line looks great. The Cowboys, according to the stat by uh, John Owning, the Cowboys do not have a single receiver who ranks better than the 40th percentile in separation percentage this year. Lamb ranks 36th in the NFL in separation. Another, another example, Dak is throwing him open. He's not separating. So if you want to, if you want to blame Dak for this, hey, knock yourself out, champ. But season high in completions, season high in yards, season high in touchdowns, spotted the defense, a 14-point lead. Couldn't, couldn't finish it. Even in overtime. Boom, 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 boom. Down in the Green Bay territory. Jalen Tolbert's offsides, backwards five yards. They run the ball for a 12-yard game with Malik Davis, backwards 10 yards because of a holding penalty. The defense and penalties is what killed the Cowboys' chances. Uh, we do have a comment here. Barry Grant Jr., 78 passer rating, says differently. Passer rating, though, Gabrielle's about passer rating. It takes into account just, just stats on the face of it. Like, they don't look at, okay, you... uh. You know, that interception wasn't your fault. Like, say a quarterback threw a pass, a receiver dropped it, and a guy picked it off off the deflection. Passer rating doesn't take that into account. It doesn't. So they're just simply looking at under 300 yards, 46 attempts, two touchdowns. That's what, that's what, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing passer rating, but that's, that's just the reality of it. So you want to blame Dak? Go ahead. But this came down to, I'm totally good with Mike McCarthy going for it. Because you know what? He knew exactly what is going to happen. Make or miss, especially obviously if he misses it for sure. But even make, Cowboys defense cannot get a stop. You're telling me they're going to stop Aaron Rodgers from going 75 yards. I have a hard time believing that. Put the ball in the hands of your best offensive player and go from there. I have no issue with McCarthy going for it. I have an issue with his strategy leading up to going for it. But in terms of the call itself, Got no issue whatsoever. I, I, I probably would have preferred a better play call, but is it is what it is. But all in all, the Cowboys will still be a playoff team. Make no mistake about it. You look at their schedule. There's, I mean, come on, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Commanders. They're going to make the playoffs. But this will be just like 2021 and 2018 and 2016 against the Packers, 2014 against the Packers, 2009, quick exit. As for Green Bay, a lot of Packers fans excited today, including one sitting right in front of me. I'll get too excited. The Cowboys, being the Cowboys, Green Bay will still finish 9-8, and eight, like I said before the season, and they will fail to make the playoffs. Don't believe me? Check their schedule. Short week, Tennessee Titans. You stopping Derrick Henry? At Philadelphia, last undefeated team left. Expect that game to be over by the end of the first quarter. Chicago, Aaron Rodgers still owns the Chicago Bears even more so than he does the Dallas Cowboys. That's a win for Green Bay. Rams, today, that is a win for Green Bay. Rams are literally falling apart. At Miami, no. Minnesota, whew, that should be a bloodbath. And Detroit should win that game. Nine and eight. It's the reality of it for Green Bay. This very well could be Aaron Rodgers' last season in Green Bay. And for the end, at the end of the day, this was the Packers' Super Bowl. This game meant more to the Packers than it did to the Cowboys. And you could tell. 
You could tell. So props to Green Bay. Props to the great Aaron Rodgers. Props to Matt LaFleur for finally waking up and realizing, hey, I've got two pretty good running backs. I've got a good offensive line. We've been effective running the football through the first, whatever it was, nine games of the season. Maybe against the 20th ranked run defense, maybe I should run it. Oh, so I'm not going to give Matt LaFleur a big slap on the behind for doing what he was supposed to do the whole season. It's going to be a long week for me. I'm dreading every second of it. As for what, one more thing before we move on to that insane Vikings-Bills game. One more, one more point. Um, I was publicly called out, and it really hurt my feelings. But my man and the Grid co-founder, Barry Grant Jr. on social media via the Grid Network. If you haven't seen it, you can go check the video out. Hold on before I continue. We've got a comment here. Uh, Alexander Johnson. Uh, from the Dallas Cowboys Camp Fan Podcast is Crack'em, son. Yep, as as uh, apparently my my sister has decided this is this is all she wants to see. I appreciate you for inflicting this misery upon me. And Jesus, Jesus said, "Go, Pat, go." This is going to be a terrible week. Anyways, go Titans on Thursday. Here's what I will say: Barry Grant Jr. called me out, and it really hurt my feelings, folks. And he was talking about how. I need to turn in my Dallas Cowboys fan card because I posted a Stephen A. Smith video of Stephen A. Smith, the great Stephen A. Smith, I must add, laughing at the Dallas Cowboys. First of all, I've been pretty clear about the fact that I'm not a Cowboys fan. I am a Dak fan. I literally wear his hat 80% of the shows. I would be wearing it today if it weren't for this freaking hat on my head, whatever it is, a hat cap whatever whatever you you folks in green bay call it i've been very i've been a dak fan for he was a cowboy for the record turned in my cowboys fan card about two years ago when dak got hurt with that a long-term deal because jerry screwed him over and secondly and more importantly about stephen a smith's video was he wrong when he talks about what you know his famous line, what can go wrong, will go wrong. Is he wrong? Just throwing it out there. Is he incorrect in his assessment that in the biggest of games, Dallas tends to come up short? I mean, show me the evidence. Show me the, the, the it doesn't matter if the coach is Jason Garrett or if it's Wade Phillips or if it's Mike McCarthy. If the quarterback is is Dak Prescott, or if it's Tony Romo, or if it's anybody else. Dallas Cowboys always come up short. I have no issue. Matter of fact, I actually have sympathy for Dallas Cowboys fan. A, because I used to be one, so I understand the pain completely. And two, that's a loyal fan base. That Listen, if you are single out there, and you get the privilege of, of, of marrying a Cowboy fan, God bless you. Because he or she will stick with you for the rest of your life and be with you every step of the way. Dallas Cowboy fans are freaking loyal. And I respect the heck out of that. Respect the heck out of it. Um, <laughs> Alexander Johnson says, perfect timing. Go on. End of the day, I was never a Cowboys fan. Well, I was at one point, yes. But last couple of years, no. No, I've, I've, I've never, never been a Cowboys fan that stretch. I've been a Dak fan. Although I was thinking on the drive home, I was thinking on the drive home, 
maybe we should do a segment on the show, like after the season's over, where we do like a draw, like I, I just like a, I don't know, I, I write on little pieces of paper and put it in a little jar, right? Put it in a little jar and and figure out who my new team is, who my new team is. And what we'll do is we'll eliminate the teams that would classify me as a bandwagon fan, the Chiefs and the Bills. And I'd even put the Rams in that group because they did just win the Super Bowl. The Bucks because they're a pretty pretty sorry organization without Tom Brady. Like take take those teams out. Take take the the obvious favorites out, and then take away the teams like your Washingtons and your Detroit's that are just abysmal and are never going to win anything. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn four point one five percent annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high yield, low effort way to grow your money. With no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. And then put everybody else in the middle. I think the Ravens purple or the Niners scarlet and gold. I'm just saying it looked good. It would look good. Take the Texans out. I don't want to be a Texans fan. I don't. I don't want to be a Texans fan. That's simple. Um, but yeah, that's that that that's that's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling. And I have to wear this freaking block of cheese on my head for a week. Thank you, Cowboys defense, and thank you to the penalties, and thank you most of all to Aaron Rodgers. Man, this is gonna be a long week. Let's move on to a team that is. One thing I did predict correctly before the season would blow away Green Bay for that NFC North, and that is the Minnesota Vikings, who won yesterday over the Buffalo Bills in the game of the year, 33-30 to in overtime in Orchard Park. What a game. Um, I've got a lot to say. Let me first say, Justin Jefferson, catch of the century. That used to belong to... My man Odell Beckham Jr. And his catch will still go down in infamy. It, it will, the one-handed catch with basically three fingers, his thumb and his two fingers over his head while being interfered with for a touchdown. It was beautiful. But Justin Jefferson, first of all, by the way, part of the reason I put Jefferson's over Odell's, Odell's team lost the game to the Dallas Cowboys. So, and it wasn't like it was in the fourth quarter, it was the second quarter. So, but Justin Jefferson on a fourth down and 18. Kirk Cousins, that was like the epitome of the, you know, seen the meme, effort, so-and-so is down somewhere. Like if it's DeAndre Hopkins or if it's Dante Adams, effort, you know, Justin Jefferson's down there somewhere. That's what it was. Kirk Cousins predetermined, I am throwing the ball to, uh, to, just, to Justin Jefferson. He predetermined. And I don't blame him, by the way. Justin Jefferson, something else too. I forgot to mention in the Cowboys segment. The Dallas Cowboys selecting CeeDee Lamb over Justin Jefferson in the 2020 NFL Draft will go down as one of the biggest gaffes in recent memory. CD's, you know, doesn't stink. He's been productive with Dak, with Cooper Rush, different story. But has he done anything close to what Justin Jefferson has done this league? Has he? No. No, Justin Jefferson is a top three receiver in the NFL. I'm ready, I'm ready to say that. He's a top three receiver in the NFL. I'm, I, I challenge anybody to name three receivers better than Justin Jefferson right now. I, you can't. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins, Cup, Adams. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. But one hands it 
pins it against a defender, and somehow that ball doesn't touch the ground. It's incredible. And yet still, that drive did not lead to a single point for the Minnesota Vikings. And we, we're thinking game over, right? They, they get it down to like the one-inch line, run a quarterback sneak with, with Kirk Cousins, doesn't get in, Bill stop him short, <laughs> and then the improbable happens. From basically their own one-inch line, Josh Allen muffs the snap, and it gets recovered for a Vikings touchdown. Now Buffalo did go quickly right back down the field to kick the tying field goal. Minnesota kicked the field goal in overtime, take the lead. Josh Allen then proceeded to throw in an interception, game-ending interception to a future Hall of Famer, Patrick Peterson. Here's what I want to want to say. Before I get to the Vikings, let me let me get to Josh Allen. If Dak Prescott would have played the way Josh Allen did yesterday, people would never would never let him hear the end of it. Never. You're telling me, first of all, you had three turnovers. The second one led to a touchdown with 40 seconds left. And the last one ended the game. And both were awful. Even the first one was a terrible interception in the first quarter. Let's be objective here. Josh Allen's a top two quarterback in the NFL. He's been bad the last two games. If you want to blame it on the arm injury, you, you know, go ahead. But against the Jets, no touchdowns, two picks. Against the Minnesota Vikings, one touchdown, two picks, and a game-changing fumble in his own end zone. He's not played well the last two games. He has arguably taken himself out of the MVP discussion. There's still a long way to go. Not saying he's totally out of it, but he's moving himself back a couple slots. Okay, Mahomes is above him. Jalen Hurts is above him. Tyreek Hill's above him. Heck, even a quarterback I'm not even that big of a fan of, two is above him. Two is playing better. No, he's obviously not better, a better quarterback. But he is playing better right now than Josh Allen is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Now to Minnesota. I'm telling you, folks, coaching changes everything. It, it's unbelievable. Coaching changes everything. Kirk Cousins, we all thought of as a slightly above average quarterback. Can can win you games. You know, he's he tends to be really bad in primetime, which what's the Vikings one loss this season? On the road on Monday night football to the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that's that is the only concern I have for Minnesota. But coaching changes everything. Kevin O'Connell, and by the way, Mike Zimmer's not a bad coach. I, I want to go and make that clear. Mike Zimmer's a good coach. But Kevin O'Connell brought the identity that this team needed moving forward. Offensive guy, innovative creative, understands the playmakers he has on both sides of the ball, especially offensively. He comes in, he says, okay, Kirk Cousins is at least bordering on a top 10 quarterback. I've got a top three receiver, a top 10 running back, one of the best number two receivers in Adam Thielen. I just traded now for a top five tight end. I've got a really good offensive line. Man, let's, let's use him. Let's get them the ball as much as humanly possible. And defensively, adding Zadarius Smith, was that not a game changer or what? Adding Patrick Peterson a couple years back, how big was that? Adding veteran presence, a ball hawk. Huge for Minnesota. Anthony Barr, or not Anthony Barr, uh, er Eric Kendricks, my bad. Anthony Barr plays for the Cowboys. Eric Kendricks, huge get for the, for, uh, huge uh, drafting by the Minnesota Vikings years ago. 
Kevin O'Connell, who I predicted this season will be the coach of the year, and he still has a shot. Brian Dable's probably still the front runner. Pete Carroll's in that discussion. So is Robert Sala. But Kevin O'Connell's put himself right in the mix. Last year, the Minnesota Vikings, in one-score games, had a losing record. This year, undefeated. Undefeated in one-score games. And a lot of folks question this Minnesota team coming in. Well, their one-score games were against Washington and Chicago and Detroit. Uh, yeah, they just went to Buffalo's house, one of the hardest places to win the NFL, and beat them. Kirk Cousins outplayed Josh Allen. Justin Jefferson outplayed Stephon Diggs. The Vikings' defense played better than the Bills' defense. And Kevin O'Connell coached Sean McDermott. Props to Minnesota. They deserve this win, and they are very much, as I said before the season, very much a Super Bowl contender. Today, they are, as the standings say they are, the second-best team in the NFC to the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. We all have trust issues with the San Francisco 49ers because of one guy, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. You want Jimmy G today or Kirk Cousins today? Now, Kirk hasn't been exactly trustworthy himself, but I have seen one time, but I have seen Kirk Cousins go on the road to New Orleans. Back then, Drew Brees was still there. Sean Payton was still there. And lead the Vikings to a playoff win. I've never seen Jimmy Garoppolo do that. Look, I've showed his playoff numbers numerous times. I won't show them today. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Props to Minnesota. This is um, this is a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Alexander Johnson, he says, dude, I said the same thing when we were watching the game. Are you talking about Justin Jefferson have the greatest catch ever? Or if if Dak Prescott was Josh Allen, he they, they'd have talked about it for the rest of his career. Well, one of those two, whatever it is, totally with you. Totally with you. By the way, go subscribe to the Dallas Cowboys Camp Fan Podcast. They're, they're great over there. Please go subscribe. It's 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 those guys are phenomenal. Love watching their live streams during the games. I love watching their podcast uh, during the week leading up. Um, Alexander Johnson said, said Allen. He he was talking about Allen. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. Although, in fairness, if Josh Allen had a star in his helmet, you know we would be. But that's you know that's the unfortunately the nature of being the Cowboys quarterback. This episode is brought to you by Paycor. Paycor empowers leaders to build winning teams. With Paycor, leaders can recruit, onboard, and train employees, set goals, and drive performance. If you're a leader, everyone depends on you. Who do leaders depend on? Paycor. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. But I, I'm just, around the NFL, man, the games yesterday, it's the first Sunday in NFL history that three teams have trailed by double digits and won the game in the same day. And all of them happen to be NFC North teams. Detroit, by the way, hats off, hats off. I, I got to play the soundbite because it's one of my favorite to play. Hat, hat, shouts, uh, shout out, hats off to Dan Campbell for winning his first ever road game as the head coach of the Detroit Lions, Mr. Kneecap Biter himself. Kneecap. 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 Everybody gets a kneecap today. Congratulations to the Lions. Congratulations to the Detroit Lions. I was, I did pick Chicago. That was almost my if I were a bet, man. Justin Fields is just freaking spectacular. He was, he, man, he, he's, he's unbelievable. Bears have their quarterback. They just need to build around him. Lions won by, by, while trailing by double digits. Packers won by, while trailing by double digits. And the Vikings won while trailing by double digit, digits. 
Prop, props to all three. Again, all of them happening happen to be from the same division. How ironic is that? But looking through, I'll talk Seahawks Bucks in just a second. Uh, I mentioned the Lions Bears, uh, Titans Broncos, 17 10 was about the game I thought it would be. I did have the Titans winning by a touchdown. Russell Wilson was once again abysmal. Um, <laughs> 50% completion percentage, a QBR of 22. Uh, an intercept. I mean, th- this this guy is, oh my God. Let's ride. And by the way, fumbled three times. Props to the Titans on a, a typical Titans win. Ugly and boring. But I can't hate it. A win's a win. Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-17. I was so close. I picked the Chiefs, obviously. But I did say the Chiefs would not cover the nine and a half point spread. They did, but barely. Um, once again, uh, uh, Mahomes was unbelievable. Four touchdowns, a QPR of 92, and a pass rating of 129. He's To me, he's, he's the front runner for MVP. Uh, no Tyree kill. Uh, your defense has been up and down this season. Mahomes has played unbelievable football, and he's been relied on more than any quarterback in the league. Uh, last week, like I mentioned, the Chiefs just cannot develop a run game for the life of them under Andy Reid. Um, they ran for, I think it was nine yards among their running backs. And Mahomes still, I mean, Mahomes had thrown the ball 68 times. That's 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 unheard of. Uh, and Mahomes is the is the MVP front runner right now. Speaking of MVP uh candidates, Tua Tungavailoa is is making his case loud and clear. 25 for 32, three tuds, QBR a 93, and a pass rating of 135. Listen. Coaching matters, and I still think Brian Flores, by the way, needs to get a head coaching job at some point. But coaching matters. And surrounding your quarterback with as much talent as humanly possible, especially when he's on a rookie deal, matters. You draft Jalen Waddle a year ago, you bring in Tyree Kill, and the difference that that has made. And by the way, Mike Gusecki having a big year, which I thought he would. Um, just great, great day for the Miami Dolphins. Great day for the Miami Dolphins, uh, taking out the Cleveland Browns badly. Um, <laughs> Browns are Browns going to need Deshaun Watson. So I want to see my man Josh Dobbs get a shot. At least put Dobbs in the game at some point. At least give Josh Dobbs a shot with the way Jacoby Brissett's been playing, which has been pretty pretty awful. At least give him a shot before Deshaun comes back. Giants improbably are 7-2 and two after beating the Houston Texans 24-16. Uh, Saquon Barkley was once again fantastic. 35 carries, which is, you know, we talked about the Chiefs only getting nine carries among their running backs, and Mahomes having to throw it 68 times. Saquon Barkley carrying the ball 35 times seems like a little much, but I guess when Daniel Jones is your quarterback, you got to play it as safe as possible. But Saquon, 35 carries for a buck, 52, a touchdown. Um... And they, by the way, they tried to work out an extension last night. Saquon said today that he wants to be a giant for life. I assume they'll get a deal done at some point. Props to Saquon, who to me might have leapt over, which no pun intended because Saquon can, can hurdle over anybody, might just have leapt over Geno Smith the way Geno played against Tampa. Maybe just maybe leapt over Geno Smith for comeback player of the year. He, it's between those two. And Saquon's the front runner for offensive player of the year, by the way. Absolutely. Steelers beat the Saints. That was my Bryson's bleak bet pick. Um, I, I liked that one a lot. Um, Kenny Pickett was, yeah, Kenny Pickett, buck 99, QBR 45, pass ring 79, didn't, you know, didn't blow anybody away. Uh, <laughs> Saints really, do they ever miss Drew Brees and Sean Payton? It's, it is amazing. Like I said, it's amazing what coaching can do and definitely what quarterback play can do. Because when you're stuck with Dennis Allen, who I think is a decent coach, but certainly not in the level of Sean Payton or even close, you're when you're, when you go from, Sean Payton and Drew Brees to Andy Dalton and Dennis Allen. Man, that is that hurts. I had, I had the Saints as a playoff team. Um, forget about it. They're three and seven. Forget about it. it it's over. 
Colts beat the Raiders 25-20. to This was my upset of the week. I still don't like the Jeff Hatt Saturday hiring. Bringing Matt Ryan back in the lineup helped matters because, you know, Sam Ellinger, uh, you know, didn't play very well when he uh, against Washington or against New England last week. And Jeff Saturday comes in as the interim head coach, said, I've seen enough. Let's put the veteran quarterback in, Matt Ryan, uh, who played pretty well. Had that big 39-yard scamper against the Raiders defense. I didn't know he was – I didn't know Lamar Jackson became an Indianapolis Colt, but apparently he did. Um, but Matt Ryan was great yesterday. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk Derek Carr uh, in just a second uh, later in the show. Cardinals beat the Rams. Neither Kyler Murray nor Matthew Stafford played. Big story coming out of this. Uh, Cardinals won the game, obviously, 27-17. Uh, big story coming out of this one is that uh, Cooper Cup is likely done for the year. My twin, as I call him. Um, looks like a season-ending ankle injury. So, at this point, if you're Cooper Cup, Rams are sitting there at 3-6. and six. Just, just, rest, just rest up, okay? Just get that ankle right. Focus on next year because this Rams season is over. Over. It is done. And the Niners beat the Chargers 22-16. to 16. Uh, You know, there was a stat last night, if I could pull it up. There was a stat by, about Jimmy Garoppolo. I said I wouldn't pull up his playoff record. I never said I wouldn't criticize Jimmy G. But there was a stat about his playoff record right here. Or not his playoff record, just his record in general. And NBC, I don't know if NBC was trying to make Jimmy G look good or not, but Jimmy G 10-2 and two in starts when he throws zero touchdowns. If class participation was a stat, that's it. That's what I would say. If if the Niners had a, even, forget an elite quarterback, even an above average quarterback, like a Kirk Cousins, oh my goodness. With those playmakers and that defense and that coach, oh my gosh, they, they'd be a shoe-in to get to the Super Bowl. They had Dak Prescott to be a shoe-in to get to the Super Bowl. That's who I've been saying Dak needs to end up on. Anyways, I want to talk about, though, the, the, the morning game. In Munich, Germany, which, by the way, NFL needs to have like two games, three games a year in Munich. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That atmosphere was awesome. You had the fans who were excited. They were singing John Denver, Country Road, Take Me Home. Uh, you had uh, uh, them swing, singing one of my favorites, Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline. Of course, the, the song uh, we, we play at Fenway Park every game with the Red Sox. Loved it. The, the app fan atmosphere was incredible. It, it was incredible. But I want to talk, listen, Seattle, they still have a great shot to win the division without a question. Uh, as it stands right now, I believe they're a half game up. Yeah, half game up on the San Francisco 49ers uh, for the division. That that is possibly that could possibly come down to the wire. But as for Tampa, have they turned their season around? This is winning back-to-back games. Haven't done that since all the way back in week two. They've turned their season around. I'm here to tell you right now. I don't know if it's some of it's for Tom individually, if it's the divorce finalizing, and that's maybe clear his head. Now that's done, it's you know, time to move on. I don't know. But Tom has at least shown shades of his old self. Last week, the game when he drive against the Rams, and then this week, two touchdowns, great completion percentage, 258, QBR of 80, basically 86 if you round up, and a pass rating of 111. Now, he did have the bad interception 
Uh, he's trying to force it over the middle. Linebacker steps in front of it, makes a great play on the ball, gives Seattle a chance to win. But here's where the Bucks, Bucks have turned their season around. First of all, they showed you defensively flashes of what they're capable of. Devin White was all over the field. Okay. Uh, by the way, had that big strip sack on Geno Smith down in the red zone. The Bucks' pass rush was great. The Bucks' secondary, which we think of as the weakness of their defense, was great. And Tampa Bay offensively, finally, something that they were worse at than any team in the National Football League. They ran the football and ran it effectively. 161 yards on the ground. You had Rashad White running for a 105, Leonard Fournette, uh, 14 carries for 57 uh, yards, a touchdown, four yards a carry. They finally committed to the run. I love it. Now, I, what I didn't love was the fact that Byron Leftwich, who I've been kind of critical of this season, decided that it was a good idea down in the red zone with protecting a two-score lead for Leonard Fournette to throw a pass to Tom Brady. But that was standing. Very impressed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and very impressed by Tom Brady. He's turned it around. He's efficient. He's pushing it down the field. Julio Jones made a big play finally for the Buccaneers. And this defense and this running game was great. This looked a lot like the team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. Brady's efficient. Now, he did have the one turnover, but all in all this season, he has only two picks on the year. So not turning the ball over if you're Tom Brady. You know, not you know taking big, big risks. Good pass ring, good completion percentage, all that. Running the ball effectively, although yesterday it was primarily with Rashad White. And then defensively, getting the stops when you needed to, turning the football over for Seattle. Great, great, very, very impressive uh, win for Tampa Bay as they look to, uh, again, their first place in the, in the NFC South, which that along with the AFC South is probably the worst division, worst two divisions of football. But they'll win this division. Question is, will they be the four seed or the three seed? Okay, because because uh, Philadelphia, Minnesota, those top two seeds are set. Nobody's catching up to those two uh, in terms of seeding. Question is, who's going to be the one seed? Can Philadelphia lose twice? Can the Vikings win out? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, Brett, Barry Grant Jr. says, what about the Bucks? your new team? Listen, Barry, I've always been a Tom Brady fan. I've always been a Tom Brady fan. And so for my, it was actually a birthday present getting a Tom Brady jersey because I, I figured this could be his last year. What I didn't know was some of the issues at home Tom was dealing with. But so it looks like this isn't it for Tom. Um, but listen, I, I got to support the go. But for the record, I despise the Lakers. Still wear my Kobe jersey. I don't, matter of fact, I, I've grown to despise the Denver Broncos because I picked those, those, those bums to win the Super Bowl. Got a Peyton Manning jersey. I listen, you can get jerseys for other teams. There's no Bucks aren't my team. Don't don't worry. I, I I'd love for them to win a Super Bowl. Love for Tom to get ring number eight. But they are not my team. I don't have a team. That's why I say I need to do a segment after the season. And officially, I'll still support Dak. Make no mistake about it. I'll still support Dak. I'll still wear my number four jersey. And still have my bobblehead of Dak Prescott right behind me. But but I gotta find a team. I admit, I've got to find a team. I got the Warriors who Lord Jesus, Steph Curry is playing the best basketball of his life, and the Warriors are five and eight. The bench has got to fix itself. It's, it, bench has been awful. Uh, but I've got the Red Sox in Major League Baseball. Obviously, you guys know I'm a huge Tennessee Vols fan. All sports doesn't matter what sport it is: football, basketball, uh, uh, rowing. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm 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 a, I'm a ball for life. Okay, even though I don't go to Tennessee, I'm a ball for life. I gotta find a football team asap. Got to find one. I want to talk about though. 
I always say there's three quarterbacks in the NFL who I find myself, I don't know how, but I have to defend these guys. Lamar Jackson, which folks at this point, if you can't see how great Lamar Jackson is, you're the problem. Like I, I can't, I really can't help you. Lamar, Lamar, as I said in last week's show, is a top five quarterback in the NFL, and I will take no further questions at this time. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and a guy who's having the worst season of the three, Derek Carr. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders dropped uh, to uh, what was it? Is it are they two and eight now? Two and seven? Two and eight? Yeah, they're t- two and seven after their loss to the Indianapolis Colts, which I did pick the Colts to win this game. That was my upset of the week. Um, Getting Jeff Saturday in there, which I still think is a horrible hire, as Bill Cowher called it on CBS, an indictment to the coaching profession. For Vegas, though. And for Derek Carr, who you guys saw the, I'm sure a lot of you saw on social media, he's getting very, very emotional after the loss at the podium. He's crying. He's talking about, you know, I wish some guys in this organization cared as much as I do or some of us do. If you're Derek Carr after this season, I'm going to tell you the exact same thing that I've told Dak Prescott for the last two years, but it applies even more to Derek Carr because he's in a much worse situation. Request a trade. You got to get out of there. They have wasted your career for nine years now. Wasted your career. How many GMs coaches, offensive coordinators, and personnel changes does this guy have to deal with every single year? How much more has he got to deal with? By the way, head coaches went through a lot of them. They finally found their coach last year. Rich Passaccia comes in as the interim in a very chaotic situation with the Henry Ruggs tragedy to the John Gruden controversy to everything. Damon Arnett acting like a fool on Instagram. All the stuff the Raiders dealt with. At one point, they were six and seven. Rich Bisaccia, along with Derek Carr, you know, right, right at the ship, got everything back going the way they need to be going. And the Raiders were on the doorstep of beating the Cincinnati Bengals, who eventually won the AFC in a playoff game. But they let go of Bisaccia in favor of Josh McDaniels. Who I've never, I've always said is not as good of an offensive coordinator as people give him credit for. This guy has been made by the greatest quarterback who ever lived, Tom Brady. Just like Adam Gase was made by Peyton Manning. Just like Nathaniel Hackett was made by Aaron Rodgers. You got to be very wary about giving, you know, uh, giving head coaching jobs to these coordinators who have all-time great Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You got to be very careful about that. And the Raiders having to learn that the hard way. Listen, Derek Carr has not had a good season. I, I, I will be the first to admit to you, Derek Carr has played poorly this season, okay? He's 14th in yards, only 11th in touchdown, 13 in picks. But he has top 10 in QBR. He has put them in position to win games. Up 20 to nothing on the Cardinals. Up 17 to nothing on the Chiefs. Up 17 to nothing on the Jags. He's put them in position to win games, and coaching has failed them in the end. I don't know what more this guy has to show you on tape. I don't know how, I mean, eventually, Derek Carr is not a robot. Eventually, he's like, guys, I, I work my you-know-what off every single day, as Derek Carr essentially said this after the game, for that to happen. Eventually, it gets tiring after a while, after nine years, and I get why he's emotional. I, I'm, I love that he's emotional. Tells me that he cares. Tells me that, that he, man, he just wants to win games. He's made his money. He's gotten his stats. 
He's gotten an appreciation from a lot of NFL fans and media. Give this guy consistency and support at some point. The Raiders aren't completely incapable of doing that because they're a poorly run franchise led by a bad owner in Mark Davis. So if I'm Derek Carr after the season, I'm asking out. Okay, the Raiders clearly don't value me that much. Okay, they've drafted as bad as... I mean, they just... The other day, they were just released yet another first-round pick from the previous tenure. If you're Derek Carr, ask out. Because this organization is failing him. Big time. This guy deserves to win. This guy is a phenomenal leader. Great arm. Accurate. Man, listen, guys run their head through a wall for this guy. Ask out if you're Derek Carr. Because they are wasting him. In Las Vegas. It, 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 it makes me so mad when I see great quarterback talents being wasted by bad franchises. It drives me crazy. I've asked Dak to get out of Dallas. The situation in Dallas is not near as bad as it is in Vegas. Derek Carr needs to be top of that list of quarterbacks who deserve a better support system. Feel bad for him. I, f- I genuinely feel bad for him. Um... Uh, Barry Grant Jr. says hiring Josh McDaniels is the biggest slap in the face of the coaching profession. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jeff Saturday comes off his couch. By the way, as all they were talking about on social media, uh, Jeff Saturday three weeks ago, or was it two weeks? Two weeks ago, tweeted <laughs> while he was still an analyst at ESPN, saying the Raiders look awful. Two weeks later, he beats them. That's savage. That is savage if I've ever seen it. I love it. I mean, like I said, I, I genuinely like Jeff Saturday. I don't know who couldn't like Jeff Saturday. He is smart. He's insightful. I would hire him tomorrow to be an offensive line coach. But to hire him as a head coach with no previous college coaching experience or NFL coaching experience is a slap in the face of the coaching profession. It's messed up. But so is the hiring of Josh McDaniels. We saw it played out in Denver. His first draft pick was Tim Tebow. That should have been a that should have been a, a warning sign from the get-go. <sighs> yeah, this 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 guy's clueless. Derek Carr, get out of Dodge. By the way, for the Raiders, it won't, it won't hurt them that much because the way they've structured his contract, their cap hit would only be like five million dollars if they moved on. So if the Raiders don't want him which clearly, given their organizational decisions in the past nine years, shows them they don't. They paid him. Derek's gotten his money. He deserves to go win. This this should be the prime of his career, the opportunity for him to compete for championships. He can't do it with this franchise. Go into rebuild if you're the Raiders. Get picks for Derek Carr, and if you're Derek Carr, go to somewhere that will support you and help you with what you deserve to win this whole time that's compete for a championship. It's it's messed up with those with those uh, what that organization is doing them. Real quick before we move on, to my Philadelphia Washington prediction. I did want to. So we had a great college football weekend. Uh, that TCU Texas didn't quite live up to the hype. Uh, really ugly game. TCU uh, Quinn Ewers was awful. I'm uh, not TCU. I'm sorry, Texas Quinn Ewers was awful. They were terrible. I mean, terrible in the red zone. Texas defense did all they could to keep Texas in the game, but after a while, you know. Some points your your offense got to start scoring points, and and, t- and Texas couldn't do that whatsoever. But 
Um, the committee, the college football playoff committee, we got two weeks left of the regular season, three weeks to go in the season if you include conference championship games. College football playoff committee, third straight week, they're going to come out with their top six. Now, a couple weeks ago, it was really jumbled. Uh, they, they had Tennessee one, so did I. But last week, they had it literally one through six, exactly how I would have it. So we're going into week, was it week 12? Week 11, 12 of the college football season. 13, I don't know, I forgot what week we're in. Uh, of the college football season. Here's my top six. Top five does not change one iota. Okay, Georgia, uh, what am I supposed to do? You, you're, you're telling me, I mean, Georgia took care of Mississippi State at Mississippi State. Ohio State did what they were supposed to against Indiana. Uh, Michigan, I don't know, I forgot who Michigan played uh, yesterday. And then uh, TCU, again, getting a big win on the road in Texas. My Tennessee Volunteers, who I was finally able to see in person this season at Neyland Stadium. Uh, shout out to a friend of the family for giving us those tickets. Um, my Vols <laughs> destroyed the Missouri Tigers 66-24. to Hennon Hooker in his final game at Neyland Stadium was magnificent. Kept himself in the Heisman discussion. And LSU 6. Oregon lost to Washington. Their playoff hopes are dashed. LSU is 6. They just won the SEC West, did it by virtue of beating uh, Alabama. Okay, they beat uh, Arkansas in a tough road environment. LSU 6, they still somehow, even with two losses, have an outside chance of getting in the playoff. They need some help. They need TCU to lose. They need Tennessee to lose. They need to beat Georgia, by the way, in the SEC championship game. That's what I got it. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, LSU. And for the record, I'd have USC at seven and Alabama at eight. That that's that's where I'd have it. By the way, I saw the the, the ESPN had their playoff uh, chances to get in or something. Alabama had like a thirty something percent chance to get in. I'm like, how? They got two losses to Tennessee and LSU. They're not even going to their conference championship game. You're telling me they're going to get in with two losses without even making their conference championship game? That's listen. I have all the respect in the world for Nick Saban, and I love Bryce Young. But come on, like the Alabama bias has got to go away at some point. No disrespect to the accomplishments of that program, but you know, at some point we got to be, some point we got to be objective. We do have a game tonight. It's an NFC matchup between the Washington Commanders and the Philadelphia Eagles, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles in the city of brotherly love. Uh, where, by the way, Joel Embiid, fifty-nine points was unbelievable last night. Best individual performance of the NBA season. But we're talking NFL. Eagles are favored minus 11 to win this game. Here's what I'm looking at. Washington's coming off of a bye. Taylor Heineke will once again start. I said when Taylor Heineke took over for an injured Carson Wentz, he would not give the starting job back. Um, but you have them coming into Philadelphia, and the Eagles, no pun intended, are flying high right now. Now, similar to Dallas, the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles, stopping the run. Damian Pierce, who, by the way, is a very good rookie running back, not to take any credit away from Damian Pierce, gashed the Eagles all Thursday night long, about 10 days ago, I'm sorry, 11 days ago, against the Houston Texans in Houston. They're at home. They're big favorites. It's a division game. Expect it to be a little chippy at first. Expect Washington, heck, maybe even to score the game's opening touchdown. I think it goes back and forth a little bit. But Philadelphia, because of their great running game, because of the way Jalen Hurts has been playing, turnover-free football, accurate, playing well with the lead, won't have to play from behind a whole lot, especially the second half. I think Philadelphia covers. I think they win this game by a final score of 31-17 to over the Washington Commanders. Really takes a big 
Commanders' playoff hopes take a big hit after this loss. Eagles remain undefeated. Again, if you see their schedule, it's not exactly a bunch of world beaters. Washington certainly does not qualify as that. Eagles win this game 31-17 to over the Washington Commanders. What a show we had today. A lot of really all NFL, some college football mixed in there, a little bit of NBA. We've got, listen, it's a crazy week 10 in the NFL. Maybe, hey, listen, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get a good treat tonight on Monday Night Football. You know, certainly hoping for that. But uh, yeah, this is, this could be a long, long week for me having to wear this freaking thing on my head. Jeez, I should have never, I should never bet. I should never bet that. That was a, that was a bad decision. All right, but that is all the time we have for today's show. I appreciate everybody stopping by, as always. A lot of engagement in the comment, ses- the comment section, which I always, always love. But appreciate the support from everybody out there. Be sure to, to catch Carving Up on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and on Twitter. Also, be sure to like, share, comment, and hit that big red subscribe button. It takes you about two seconds to do. Subscribe to Carving Up and... Subscribe to the Grid Network. You see it up there, the Grid Network, uh, which I'm a part of, which Carving It Up is a part of, along with the podcast I mentioned earlier, Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. Subscribe to them as well and subscribe to the Grid, where we got, like I said, my show, Cowboys Cam Fan, All Even, Chaotic Sports Podcast, Clutch Sports Talk. We're, listen, we're all over the place. You can obviously follow uh, and like all of our social media platforms Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all everywhere, TikTok. Okay, and also be sure, uh, what was, oh yeah, to subscribe to the Grid Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, as well as wherever you listen uh, to your podcasts. It's where you can listen to my show as well as the shows of everybody else. That is their go-to spot, the Grid Network. Be sure to go ahead and check it out. Alexander Johnson says, great show. I appreciate it. Great show to you guys as well yesterday, albeit a heartbreaking loss to Green Bay. Shout out to the Cam Fan Podcast and everybody else a part of the Grid Network. Man, we're building something. As we say at the Grid, dare to be different. Have a great week, everybody. Continue to stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. Taking this thing off my head. Piece of garbage. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. It's game day at Raising Canes. If you want to order like a champ, it's action off the field you need to focus on. The only play you're running is chicken. So what combo are you picking? Make it a perfect season. We've got tailgates of hand-battered, cooked-to-order chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade. All available to order online or on our app. This season is about to be unbeatable. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, one love. (laughs)